Hey, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's show, a quick reminder that this podcast is free for everyone and supported by those who can afford it. So uh, if you have found this podcast a useful companion during 2020, and you'd like to see it continue through 2021, I would invite you to go to plantyourself.com slash gift. If you are in a position where you have the means to support something that means something to you and hopefully uh, you think is doing good in the world. You can use PayPal or Patreon. You can make a one-time contribution or become an ongoing sustaining patron of the show. And if funds are too tight for you to show your appreciation in a monetary sense, you can still leave a review of the Plant Yourself podcast on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. That also helps us a great deal. All right, on to today's episode. This is the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com. Before we get to today's interview, three items of housekeeping. First, as always, thank you so much to the patrons of this podcast who are supporting it financially. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Elizabeth Clifton, Brittany Porter, Amy Good, Auntie Val, and all of those of you who wish to remain anonymous. Thank you so much for your support. Second, if you get the podcast but you don't get the newsletter, please go to plantyourself.com and sign up for it on the right sidebar. I include links to articles I've written, uh, to my weekly TV show, Triangle Be Well, and my grammar is way better in writing. Third, I'd like to invite you to check out the Proteinaholic Transition Course. It's a video-based online program. It's up right now, and it's designed to help you transition from wherever you are now to a healthy plant-powered diet as quickly, easily, painlessly, joyfully as possible. The first series of videos, 14 videos, is in front of the paywall, absolutely free and available for everyone. The rest of the course is behind the paywall, but the paywall is pay what you can. So I would love it for folks to pay the suggested $99 for the course. You can also pay more than that if you'd like to subsidize others, or if you don't have the funds right now, you can pay less, even and up to including zero. Um, I really am passionate about this material, and I don't want anyone to miss out on it just because they don't have the cash right now. So give that a check out. It's at proteinaholic.com slash W-E-L-L. And now today's show. My guest today is Dr. Michael Greger, who was my guest last week because I found on my hard drive a 2013 interview that I had published under the Holvana podcast when I was doing that, but I never managed to get it up in Plant Yourself. So most people have never heard it. That is a great interview. I strongly recommend that you listen to that because he is funny and wise and interesting and entertaining and thoughtful. And this week, we come back to talk about his new book, How Not to Die. And we talk about the process of writing the book, about the decision, about why he thought it was going to be a waste of time, but the, off, the publisher made an offer he couldn't refuse in terms of a donation to nutritionfacts.org, and what surprised him, both about the process of writing the book and about the influence a book has had in this world in which we think nobody reads, but everyone just watches online videos. As always, Dr. Greger is funny, entertaining, and... I'm so glad to have him back. So without further ado, Dr. Michael Greger, welcome back to the Plant Yourself podcast. So excited to be back. Yeah. So you have just hit one out of the park. Your book, How Not to Die, 
despite being long and having references, is like <laughs> people are buying it, people are reading it, people are talking about it. So first, first of all, congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, four weeks in the New York Times bestseller is very exciting. It's doing much better than I thought it would. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. So I, I have my my advanced copy here. So I don't I don't know if you changed everything or anything since it, uh, it 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 came out for public consumption. But one of the things that I really loved about it and wanted to ask you about was the format. So you you chose to separate um, the chapters into many of them into individual diseases or, or disease conglomerates, like you know how not to die from heart disease or cancer or diabetes. Why did you make that choice? Well, you know, on uh, nutritionfacts.org, I've got more than a thousand videos, uh, which is, you know, great since I can cover so many topics, but it can be a little overwhelming. You know, I do record the annual year in review videos going through the science in, you know, 12 month chunks, but I really wanted to compile all the most compelling evidence in one place. So to that end, I have chapters on the roll diet may play in preventing, arresting, or reversing each of our 15 leading causes of death. Uh, you know, uh, backed up by about uh, 3,000 uh, scientific citations. But, you know, I didn't want to just write a reference book. I also wanted it to be a, a practical guide on translating this mountain of data into day-to-day -day decisions. And so that's what became the second half of the book where I uh, center my recommendations around a daily dozen checklist of all the things I try to fit optimally into my daily routine. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's to some sense, it's a, it's a real work of kind of simplifying, of, take, of taking all the science, of taking these thousand references and putting them in a format that someone who's not a doctor, who's not a nutritional researcher could just operationalize. A normal person could just go on with their day and and, and just kind of have a, a note card in their wallet to say, here's, here's what, how to eat. And it's not just a note card now. There's a free app, too, for iPhone and Android uh, called Dr. Gregor's Daily Dozen. Um, I, we're in the process of, uh, of upgrading that, adding new features. We had no idea it would be so popular, uh, but uh, that so many people seem to be getting so much out of it. We're all of a sudden scrambling to be like, oh, Wow. Okay, we got to take this thing seriously. We, <laughs> and so uh, now we're. It was just you know, done by some volunteers, and um, we were you know excited to put it out. But uh, now we're actually going to make it more robust to make it as easy as possible for people to remind themselves to eat healthier. Wow, that's that's very courageous. Because if there's if there's any audience that I'm more scared of than YouTube commenters, it's app reviewers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a good... I haven't even looked at our reviews. I, I Yeah, it's funny. I haven't uh, looked at any reviews. Or, I mean, I, I just kind of... I'm just so busy. I'm working on the next thing uh, uh, that, uh, that I haven't had a chance to go back. But just when I'm on the road and people make comments, uh, people... Uh, of course, this is a nice self-selected group. Anyone coming to see me speak probably, is, you know, is, is interested... Uh, in my work, and so I get a lot of positive feedback that way. Though, yes, for all I know, around the internet, there are all sorts of people screaming, screaming bloody murder as to how little they like my like like the app and the book. <laughs> well, it's good good to have selective deafness. It keeps keeps us working. <laughs> so, so you you say you know you've done a thousand of these videos. You every year you kind of recap in in your. Um, uh, 
you know, Vegetarian Society keynote on the, the on some um, larger overarching issue, and you t you take from your uh, from your individual videos. Was this process of writing the book similar in in the way it kind of helped you think about the topic? Yeah. So I mean, you know, roughly, if you look at the book, it's really kind of it, it kind of parallels my uprooting the leading causes of death talk, my first annual talk. It's all about just finding a framework. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, uh, you know, my annual talks used to be, um, you know, how uncreative is this? I would get up and say, okay, the the most uh, compelling, the most interesting, most groundbreaking study to be published in January was X, and then the next in February, the best study was this. In March, like. <laughs> Um, that that was my that was my uh, you know just a way to put it all together. But that's not obvious. I mean, he just gave a sense that okay, he's on July. We're halfway done. That was about <laughs> that's about all it really helped the audience. It wasn't much of a narrative. Um, but so then I started saying, well, you know, let's put this together in some kind of meaningful form. And so you know, I just look at the kind of the the videos for the year that I think are you know, that, that address the studies that are most compelling. And then I say, well, you know, what, what, what kind of makes them all, uh, you know, how are they alike in some way? And so, you know, the first year, like, wow, these are a lot of the leading cause of death. Well, let's just go through the list, one through 15, talk about the role diet may play in preventing and arresting our, you know, 15 leading cause of death. And the next year was like, well, what about disability? You know, what about like, you know, low back pain? I mean, okay, that's not a leading killer, but it causes a lot of, you know, problems for people. All right, so let's go through the, you know, top 10 or so, you know, leading cause of disability. And then, well, okay, what about common conditions like the common cold? It's not really disabling, it's not really deadly, but sure, a pain in the butt. So then I did a, you know, a, my next annual review is on the most common diseases. And then the last year, so 2015, I said, okay, now what? <laughs> I did deadliest, most disabling, most common. And so the last year was on the most dreaded diseases. So something like uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, which isn't a leading killer, um, isn't a leading cause of disability, certainly isn't common, but what a horrific disease. Um, and so, you know, I, I uh, kind of went through all those. Um, for my 2016 annual review, I think I'm actually just going to uh, use the um, do the the kind of book tour talk that I've been giving um, for these you know dozens of cities that I'm doing now, um, which is basically just highlights from the last four years of annual talks, kind of a best of the best of, um, rather than coming up with a new one just because I want to jump on the sequel. Um, the first uh, book in this series is doing so well. I wanted to uh, churn out another. All right. So, so the second one is how not to be disabled. No, the next one is going to be on weight loss, called how not to diet. Huh. Awesome. Well, so uh, people who do Google searches with autocomplete are going to be very vexed when they have to choose. Ha! That's funny. So, so I wanted to ask you about. Um, you have a, a, a writing style, and, and it's so funny that you mentioned you started out very uncreatively with study of the month. Because <laughs> one of the things I love about the way you write, and I've loved it about your videos, but I didn't notice it until it was in print, 
is that you have a very sort of Miss um, Marple approach to introducing a study in, in that it instead of saying here was a study about you know taking diabetics and doing X with them you frame it in terms of here's what we knew here's what we didn't know and now all of a sudden the, the what we didn't know becomes like a little thorn in my side and it, it starts to, bu to bug me a little bit. And then the next paragraph, you follow up with, well, so that's when researchers did this. And I was wondering, you know, is, is, that, is that something that you, how did you pick up on that style of introducing studies that, that make them so compelling that I want to know what happens next? Yeah, so that this kind of detective story style um, is really just comes from how I review the science. Now, in the past, in the far past, so, uh, you know, nutritionfacts.org is five years old now. Uh, it started in 2011, so 2016 is our big five-year anniversary. You know, but at the beginning, so now we got, you know, 19 people on staff. You know, back then it was just me. Um, and so my research time was limited, and so a new study would come out, and I'd just talk about the new study. You look at some of my old videos, it's, I'm embarrassed to, to view them because they're just so kind of, there's just not much there. They're short, they're, you know, I mean, and, and so I just, I don't put it in any context. I'm just like, there's this new study, this is what it showed, isn't that cool, period. Um, but now that I have so much help, now that I can focus on doing kind of what I do best, um, which is, you know, doing the research and writing and, and all the other things like the logistics, the social media, all that stuff can be done by other people. Um, I, uh, I'm able to really immerse myself into a topic. And so, so let's say there's a, you know, topic on, you know, the role diet can play in low back, in low back pain. Fine. Okay. So, you know, I search for all the studies on diet and low back pain, pull a hundred studies or so, or whatever. I'm trying to get every study that's ever been published on it, at least in the English language, throw it into a folder. And then I go through and I read them chronologically. So, you know, the, you know, I start with the study that was published in the 20s, then the 30s, then the 40s. And so I am learning the way the scientists learn, the way the researchers learn. And so, you know, they didn't know much back in the 1920s. Um, and so, like, how, you know, how, how did they decide what the next study was to do? Um, you know, what, what were the holes? What were the original theories? How did that change over time? And so... That's really fascinating to me to kind of get into the mind of these researchers. And then the big finish at the end, ta-da, what finally, how do we figure it out? And so that slowly builds in me as well. And so that really just becomes reflected in the videos because that's how I learned about the topic. You know, when I, I learn just as much as anyone else when I do these videos. I didn't have this knowledge. No one had this knowledge. These are new studies. Um, and uh, so... So, uh, you know, this kind of detective story, we didn't know, we didn't know until now, is just really a reflection of how I learned about the topic when I finally sit down to that big, juicy folder filled with all the science. And my experience of it in the book is that it's kind of this really long love song to science. Like there's, some, there's something, it's not just like a marketing trick to keep me interested, like you're taking a dull topic and, and wrapping detective story around it. You're, you're really kind of getting into the experience of being a scientist who is wondering about the world in a, in a sort of, in a, in a really passionate way. 
You know, yeah, I, you know, I appreciate your. I, I'm, I'm glad you, you saw that. And I mean, that. I mean, my whole life. That's been my whole life. Is this love for kind of all things science, for the scientific method. And I think, and the, and part of that is this kind of backlash against this current thread of like internet. You know, I don't know. There, I mean, there's, there's, there's this. There are, uh, you know, kind of nutrition, diet, natural health gurus out there who are have this kind of anti-science bias. Be like, yeah, you can't trust the science. It's all kind of paid off. You know, here, let me tell you based on my intuition, based on my, you know, or based on my, uh, you know, uh, anecdotes and my practice or something. And that just seems so, you know, so, I mean, bad for a number of reasons. Um, and uh, and and I think they do that because they um, either don't have access to science, don't understand the science, or what the science says goes against their own kind of pet theories, and they're not willing to de depart with them. And so I mean, I think that's the exact opposite way to go about doing something as important as medicine as as i mean look if 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 we were talking about you know movie reviews i don't care what you i mean but we're talking about life and death so when it comes to uh, you know talking to people about things that could affect the health and longevity of their families you have to take this serious you have to uh, you have to start from ignorance and find out what the best available you know, balance of evidence says to guide you how else can we make, uh, you know, important decisions in life rather than too often the opposite where you start with some kind of whatever, I mean, you believe and then either find science to back you up and ignore everything else or forget the science entirely and just say, this is what I believe or you don't even say it that way. You say, this is what is, <laughs> you know, um, and um, and look, and if you have letters after your name or if you're charismatic or however it is, people may listen to you. And unfortunately, that's doing a disservice um, to the public who is desperate in desperate need, uh, particularly in this country, for uh, good advice as to healthy living. Yeah, I, that's so interesting because I, I feel myself personally and professionally between a rock and a hard place between scientists or, or, or sort of, you know, people who believe in scientism, maybe instead of science, who, you know, like websites like science-based medicine that are always poo-pooing, you know, Dr. Esselstyn's studies. Um, a, a friend of mine said, you know, he saw a recent study that said, um, you know, eating, eating meat will increase your, your risk of dying of cancer by 25%, which isn't that much, so it's a small price to pay for eating meat. <laughs> you know, so um, versus the people, so, you know, I'm in my own town, I'm setting up a wellness practice and I'm trying to network, and almost everyone who has a wellness degree next to their name, they've all graduated from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, so they all have on their website that they've studied over 100 dietary theories, and it's really hard to have that discussion with people who are so well-meaning, who are obviously, they're much healthier than the ordinary people because they understand that Fruit Loops aren't food, but still they've got all these, you know, quotes from Dr. Mercola and from uh, Weston Price and, and things that I would consider sort of outside the bounds of, uh, of evidence-based 
science, how, how do you navigate bet between those two polar uh, opposites? I don't navigate at all. <laughs> I stick to the signs, right? In fact, I mean, I, I mean, and, and I'm totally open to, I mean, I, I don't like, you know, broad brushing, you know, anybody uh, or, or any, you know, or any theory or any, I mean, look, um, just because the first five things that came out of your mouth were absolute garbage doesn't mean the sixth thing coming out of your mouth is not really important and useful. Um, but, but, I mean, but the same, uh, the same criteria have to hold. Look, anything that comes out of anybody's mouth, you were not born with that knowledge. How did you come upon that knowledge? Please share how you arrived at that conclusion. And so I, if I choose, can go back to the primary sources to look at whatever you built your argument on and see if I think you had the right interpretation. Um, if it really does bolster this, this theory you have. Um, and so, so there's just some transparency. So instead of saying, you know, X equals Y, or just coming up with some kind of, you know, you say, I read this, this, and this, and based on that, I came to this conclusion, and so I think we should eat this. Okay, um, well, okay, well, then, then, we're, then we're getting somewhere, right? Then you can be like, you know, um, you're absolutely right. Those studies really did seem to point in that direction, but that seems to be kind of this cherry-picked bunch and that actually the vast majority of data out there using perhaps even better study design showed a, a, a different conclusion. And so why would you kind of choose this over that? Um, or, you know, or a lot of times what they're citing to support their work actually doesn't support their work at all. And it's just amazing people can get away with this um, and part of that is there's not a lot of scientific literacy. You may not have access to these sources, but um, you know, uh, you know, yeah, you really gotta hunt down the ideally you pr hunt down the primary sources. You find out where the original uh, data came from to see if um, it supports you know these kind of wild assertions uh, later on down the road. Now, obviously. We each all have busy lives. I mean, we can't question everything, right? So when someone says, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's good to floss your teeth, and you're like, I'm a critical thinker. Don't tell me to floss <laughs> my teeth. Where did you get that from? You were born with the information? No, you learned it. So what, did someone just tell you and you believed them? Did you read it in a book, right? Was it on the internet? Just because your dentist said so doesn't mean that it's true, right? And so you go back. Let's look at the studies that show split people up into two groups, half flossed, half divin, or half did placebo flossing. And, you know, let's find out. Um, okay. Now, I mean, you could see how very rapidly you would not get a lot of things done if you actually, right? So what do we do if we're critical thinkers, really want to ha live evidence-based lives, but also want to have lives. What do you do? Well, that's where experts come in, right? That's where you that's where you need to rely on people that you place trust in. Okay, well, how do you do that? There's people saying who claim to be experts saying all sorts of stuff. And my recommendation would be starting out, don't believe anything anybody says, period. And but, you know, uh, Look at look at a few of their claims, and 
do the due diligence of digging deep and seeing if what they're saying is true. So you, you choose some of their craziest claims. You say, well, look, if this crazy claim is true, then the more mundane things they say probably, um, you know, have some science behind them too. And you do deep and you dig deep and you really learn all there is to know about a particular subject. So um, vaccines or something, you, you know, become a real authority on on a single topic, on vaccines or on gluten or on some kind of controversial thing. And then you go across, you say, okay, I really think I have a good understanding. All right, now what does everybody say about this particular topic? And then you can kind of winnow down the, your, your palette of experts until you finally find someone who consistently, in the few times you've really dug deep, they really do seem to have a smart head on their shoulders. They're critical thinkers. They're open to new interpretations. Okay, and then you feel better about placing your trust uh, in your family's health into that person. Does that mean they're always going to be right? No. Does that mean they're not going to make mistakes? No. But, you know, then you can go on, live your life, and have that person do the work for you in whatever region. So you find someone who's really good on fitness, and you go to them for fitness advice after you've looked into some of their work. You go to someone on diet, you go to someone on whatever. And so that so my one of my goals has been to be that person for nutrition for others. When I was in medical training, I looked out there for someone that, you know, was was doing their due diligence in this field, and I didn't find anyone that I, mean, I didn't find a resource like nutritionfacts.org that really had this comprehensive deep dive into all these um, you know, different topics. And that really frustrated me. And I had patients that I was, you know, that put their health in my hands, and I didn't feel I knew. I, I didn't have a good source um, uh, for good information to help them. And so I, you know, after much grumbling, decided, darn it, I will have to just do it myself. Um, and then, of course, once I do all that work, obviously, I want to share it with everybody so they don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, and I hope when people do dig deep into any particular pet topic they have and see what I've written on it, that they'll see that I do, uh, I, uh, that I do a decent job, um, you know, accurately representing the best available balance of evidence out there. That's, that's such a great way to think about it in terms of um, look at their craziest claim. Like it's, it's, almost, you know, it's almost uh, like Talmudic. And it, it's like if, if, if that works, then probably everything else um, might, might work as well. Most people, though, are not, are not willing to put that much effort into it, I think, and just kind of follow the story they like the best, right? The, uh, like for, for several years, the paleo story made a lot of sense to me, um, independent of any facts, it was just, you know, like a really good story. I liked it. Um, you know, so how, how, do, how, do you, um, how do you deal with people who have a, a story that's so different that they can't even, th th their filter won't even take in your facts? You know, I talk to a lot of people yeah. who, who use yeah. like, like, like bio-individuality. Well, we're all different. You can't, you know, th things like that where, where simply we're not speaking the same language. 
Yeah, so that's so that's kind of dangerous to just kind of like, well, I kind of like what they're, I mean, what they're saying resonates with me, or they have a great sound bite. I mean, again, that may be a way to choose the next movie you're gonna see this weekend, but that's not the way that you know we choose to raise our kids. Like these are critical, critical decisions. I mean, would you just kind of? pick some random person that knew anything and told you how to, you know, I mean, you know, that, and, 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 and had you do something in your life that could have serious consequences for those you love. Um, you, I mean, you, you, it takes work, but you got to do work for important things in life. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how else, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's, unfortunate um but you know uh you know i I, if until i find a better way i'm sticking with uh do your homework gotcha um so you've been out for a while now uh, i guess since december the book came out so Uh, yeah almost almost two months now um do you find that you're you're reaching people that you weren't reaching before with just the um you know, the talks to vegetarian societies or medical schools or the nutrition facts videos. Is this, is this, oh, yeah. is this yeah, getting yeah, people yeah. who are more? No, that, that's why I'm doing it. I, and that's why I'm officially in the book business now. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I, I imagine I'm going to put out a new book every two years. Um, uh, just because I, I mean, I had no idea the impact it would have. Basically, I mean, when I went, I didn't want to write the book in the first place. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I figured, you know, and when I was finally convinced to do it, it was really just going to be kind of a repackaging of ever, all the work I had already done, um, reaching, you know, the few people that actually still read books these days. I mean, it just didn't seem like a good use of my time. It took me eight months of my life, but the publisher agreed to donate so much money to Nutrition Facts um, that, I mean, you know, I couldn't say no. I mean, it just would have been, you know, I mean, uh, so it just enabled me to, you know, reach so many more people, to hire more staff, to do the work that was I was passionate about. But then when the book comes out, and it just, I, I, I mean, I've never spoken to bigger crowds, to more enthusiastic crowds. I've never had such an impact. I mean, it's like, well, wait a second. This information is not new. I've had it up on my website for years. I do not have a computer. Like, <laughs> Like, I don't know, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what it is about books or, but it, it it's having an impact that, you know, that I, I, I've, I've just never experienced before. And look, I've written other books. I've, I, mean, I, I mean, I've just been blown away such that even if the publisher hadn't offered me money for the book, I still would have wrote it just because it's having such an important impact. I mean, it's being, uh, you know, translated and published in 20 countries. What? Like 19 different languages. Like it's being published in Mongolian. Like that. No one in my. I don't know if I have a single. I, you know, I have to look at Google Analytics, but I don't think I have a lot of traffic coming from Mongolia. <laughs> I mean, this is. This is this is this is something new. I mean, it's really um, dramatically increased my ability to help people, um, which is uh, what uh, my work is all about. So. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm ready to go for the next one. 
So, so I was curious about like being a fly on the wall in the decisions, the publisher's decisions to publish this book, because in a sense, it's you know I could I could easily tell the story like I I could describe it in a way that no one would be interested, you know, a, a comprehensive scientific look, you know, and already like eyes are glazing over. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't mention the S word. Oh my God. <laughs> so you know, I'm thinking about my collaboration with T. Colin Campbell and how much trouble he had getting the China study published and the fact that we chose for whole to have the subtitle be, um, you know, rethinking, which of course no one even wants to think, let alone rethink. <laughs> so like, was the publisher like just drooling over your social media and your, your outreach and, and like, or, or were they saying like, this is a book that needs to be written? Was this about content or about their perception of your ability to move books? I mean, I think, I think that came later. I think initially what excited them about the book was, I mean, I just had this built-in audience. I mean, I have this built-in kind of rabid fan base of people that are just hungry for this kind of information. Like, I can't put out enough videos, right? I mean, it's like, look, have you seen all 1,000? Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, once you watch it all 1,000, then come bug me. You know, meanwhile, I want to get some sleep. Um, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, I'm joking, but, um, uh, I mean, there's just, there's, there's, you know, I just have this big list of people that, you know, follow my work very closely and they're like, well, look, it, the, the book sells itself, right? I mean, even if no one else bought the book that, that we, we, I mean, we just get it just so all his readers could read the book. Um, and so, I mean, I think initially it was just like a numbers game. I just, you know, shared so many people, how many people I reach on a daily basis, and they're like, sign us up. Um, but then, you know, to their credit, so this is Flatiron, which is an imprint of a Macmillan. Uh, to their credit, they really did come along um, and really had this sense of pride behind the book, um, especially when it was nearing the later stages Um when they could see that, you know, what I had come up with is very different from other kind of, you know, lay audience diet nutrition books, right? I mean, it, this book was not fluff. This book was not, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, 200 pages of recipes and a few little, you know, sound bites in the front. I mean, this was like, this was, this was going to do a service for the world. Um, and they really jumped on board and I mean, you know, and I kept getting, you know, emails from people at the publisher saying, oh, look what I had for lunch today. I'm eating <laughs> some, you know, it was like, I mean, it was like having an impact. And they were really rallying behind it from top to bottom throughout the organization. It was just, it was really exciting to see that. Um, and actually, my first hints that the book was going to have an impact was actually just like within the publishing company, within the people that had seen it and kind of lived with it for those months. Um, and I was like, wow, I mean, if this could have this kind of impact for people that hadn't really sought, thought about these issues before, then wow, I, this book may really have uh, an impact out in the wild world, wider world, and it certainly has. And so, um, so I, I'm really, I, I'm, I, you know, at the beginning, it, it may have been more just kind of a commercial decision on their point, part, but I think they really grew to, you know, feel this kind of mission behind it. Well, and, and, you know, once once I got it and opened it, I, you know, I get so many books on plant-based nutrition and read so many studies that I'm always a little leery, like, this is just somebody else putting their, you know, putting their story out there or putting, putting this, their spin on it. 
but I found the division into individual chapters to be really useful. And I found myself recommending uh -huh. it to people and just saying, read chapter nine. Uh -huh. Like there's, you know, it's, it's almost like each chapter is itself um, bite sized. And, and, you know, obviously it's the same diet for pretty much everything with, with little tweaks here and there. But the, the way you bring it all together, I think is, it's, it's such a valuable uh, resource. It's, you know, it, it, it serves both as a narrative and as a, a, a book in the, in the um, you know, in the, in the resource section where you just pull it out and look, look for, okay, how do I do this? For, you know, for someone with diabetes, I just give them this book and say, just read that chapter. You know, I mean, it, it's funny. I I use it as my own resource. <laughs> like someone, you know, I'll get a question about something. I'll be like, huh, uh, kidney disease. Hold on. And I grab my own book. <laughs> and I'm just like, because look, I could go to the nutrition facts and obviously type in kidney and get, you know, 40 videos or whatever. But, you know, I don't have time to watch 40 videos before. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I find using myself where I just pull it open and like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I forgot about that study. Yeah. That, um, and so it's funny. It's, uh, I'm, I'm using it as my own resource. <laughs> well, it's, it's a great book. And I know we've, we've gone two minutes over our, our allotted time. And after hearing what you're up to, I feel guilty for taking any more of your time. <laughs> So you have, you have to get back to uh, to writing how not to diet and uh, and making an, another thousand videos, but the book is called How Not to Die. Uh, you can find it everywhere books are sold. It is a, a phenomenally useful book as well as being funny. So is, is there an audio book by the way? There is an audio book, and I myself recorded it to the chagrin of my poor vocal cords, but it came out really well. I'm really happy with it. Good. Well, no one else could do that. Because, you know, I mean, I don't need the audiobook because I read it in your voice, right? <laughs> so I can, I totally hear it. And I even remember some of the lines from, from individual videos. But whether, you know, audiobook, but, you know, get the audiobook too, but also get the reference because it's easier to flip through than, than an audiobook. But uh, <laughs> yes, I did not go and read the 3,000 references. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, Dr. Michael Greger, congratulations again on a, on a, a breakthrough success for, for yourself, for the plant-based movement, for science, and for people everywhere who want to be healthier and happier. And thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks. I'm so glad you found it useful. And keep up the good work yourself. Right on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself Podcast. If you're new to the show, you can catch up on 145 archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can do it in a bunch of ways, including share this and other episodes on social media or via email with anyone you think would enjoy or benefit from the conversation. You can write a review of the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps new people find it when they're searching for things about health and wellness. And I would like to read a lovely review that I got on iTunes from someone who signs their name, Dr. King Arthur. And Dr. King Arthur wrote, thanks, Howard, for bringing important and influential players to your interview table and for sharing and inspiring those of us walking the path to enlighten and support people to recognize lifestyle as medicine. I echo the comments that highlight your great listening skills and am grateful for your kind, thoughtful nature, which shows up in the way you ask questions, interpret comments, and pay attention to your guests. Oh, shucks. 
You can also become a patron by pledging a one-time amount or ongoing donation to the podcast over at plantyourself.com up in the right sidebar. And the more regular monthly income I can count on from the podcast, the better I can make it. And even labors of love have expenses, and this one is taking up more and more of my time and energy. And if you think, you know, I don't have $50 a month to donate, I'm telling you, a dollar a month means a lot. In, in terms of feedback that this work is appreciated and valued and if a lot of people donate a dollar a month you know what it adds up and if I could get to a couple thousand dollars a month in patronage then I would be able to devote really a large chunk of my time to this podcast and and expand it and grow it in ways that I think would make the world a better place reminder about the proteinaholic transition course that i talked about before the interview again it's at proteinaholic.com well you can get the whole thing for absolutely free although i hope that if you find it valuable you will throw some cash my way so to help defray the costs and to help me uh, make a living at this uh, getting people well business in garden news we took down a bunch of trees in our front yard that were planted in the place where they should not have been planted, but we still felt bad about it. I never like to cut down trees, and uh, I am an animist at heart, so I think that all matter is um, conscious and, and has feelings to some extent. And so when we turned these uh, pine trees into um, logs and a, uh, a large, large pile of wood chips, we felt bad. Yesterday, we were out there spreading the wood chips all over this ground, which has been neglected and parched, and it's almost totally clay, and we, we covered it to four or five inches with these wood chips, and it started feeling like the trees were okay with us now. They were going back into the soil. They were going to re-nurture this land that had nurtured them, and there was a cycle of life continuing, and whether I'm fooling myself or not, it did feel good. It felt like those trees were helping to regenerate the the spot where they had been birthed. And so my hope is for everyone to find new life in the situations where you find yourself and to see things that can keep rolling around and keep regenerating. And as always, be well, my friends. All right, time for thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Don, The Dance of Peace. You can find more of Will's music at his website, willridenauer.com. And of course, thanks to all of you Plant Yourself Podcast patrons. Kim Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Disson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Maurer, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda Hatherley, Mary Jane Wheeler, Ellen Kennelly, Mr. Cobb, Rachel Behrens, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina Ahern, Jennifer Kinoski, David Bizek, The Mysterious, Michelle X, Elspeth Feldman, Leah Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colleen Peck, Michelle Landry, Josina, Sarah Durkis, Rhymes of Circus, Kelly Cameron, Wayne Pedersen, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, Janet Selby, hi Janet, Claire Adams, Tom Franzak, Jeanette Benham, Gil Lassert, David Donahue, Blair Cyber, Dorona Vizov, Gio and Carl, Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesen, Ruth Ann Funderburg, Misha Rosen, Michael Warbeck, the equally mysterious Tracy Z, Aviva La L, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Hughes, Val Lineman, Rhymes with Cinnamon, Nick Harper, Martha Bergner, Susan Ahmad, Nolly Levine, the inscrutable Harry R, Susan Laverty, the Panda Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp, Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Kelly Machia, Dean Norton, Bonnie Lynch, Plant Happy Oregon, Sabina Kurtzels, Nigel Davies, Marion Blum, Teresa Cobble, Julian Rodkins, Breed O'Connell. 
Shannon Hirschman, Linda Ayat, Holm Hedegaard, Izatuzin Wa, Connie Hainline, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Heather O'Connor, Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Olakoski of Plant Power for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Marani, Karen Joe Crabtree, Tanya Lewis, Kirby Burton, Teresa Carell, Kevin McCauley, Elizabeth Rothschild, Ann Jesse, Cheryl Dwyer, Jenny Hazleton, Valerie Peltier, Peter W. Evans, Colleen Harrison, Justin Divich, Ashra Summermeyer, Dennis Bird, Darby Kelly, Laurie Fanny, Linnea Lundquist, Valerie Hummel, Emily Iaconelli, Levy Wallach, Rosamund McAtee, Dan Bacorny, Stephen Lehman, Patty DiMartino, Mike and Donna Karts, Deanne Bishop, Bill Brielf, Gunter Schmidt, Marjorie Lewis, Kelly Molden, Trish Adams, Ian Kramer, Nancy Sheldon, Lindsay Bayshore, Gunmarie Hagen, Tracy Gulledge, Laura Heaton, Meg from Mama Says, Rochelle Kennedy, Diana Goldman, Stacey Stokes, Ben Savage, Michael Kay, Holly Butler, David Hughes, Connie Rogers, Claire England, Sally Robertson, Parang Ganshik, Amy Daly, Brian Tourville, Mark Jeffrey Johnson, Josie Dempsey, Karen Schmidt, Pamela Hayden, Emily Perryman, Olga Sidorowska, Allison Corbett, Richard Stone, Lauren Vaught of Edible Musings, Aaron Hasty, Sean Owen, Sawyer Nayak, Erica Piedra, Danielle Roberts, Michael Lushton, and Sarah Johnson for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for now. As always, be well, my friends. <laughs>